is 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. Streaming globally at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Biden has told Arab leaders the U.S. will not walk away from the Middle East. Speaking at a summit of Arab nations today, the president says, for the first time since 9-11, an American president is visiting the region without troops engaged in combat there. Today, I'm proud to be able to say that the era of land wars in the region, wars involving huge numbers of American forces, is not underway. We, but we maintain both the capacity and the absolute determination suppress the terrorist threat wherever we find it. The president pledged continued U.S. involvement in the region as he tries to help to foster stability in a volatile part of the world. He's also encouraging Arab nations to pump more oil to offset high gas prices in this country in the face of his continued resistance to increased domestic production. On Wall Street Friday, the Dow was up by more than 650 points. This is SRN News. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Cal. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex Staff Stevens. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I'm proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. My mind is aglow whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. 
Boy, I got great listeners. Thank you. King Daniel Show, the Miz 1440. I was queuing up an answer to one of the questions that had happened in Twitter. Uh, I was just very, uh, and and uh, one of my other listeners actually gave a, I would call it a, a an A answer <laughs> to to that question. Uh, Ken and Champlin asked on Twitter uh, during during the uh, last hour, toward the end of the last hour. A question I have had for a while, is there any difference in yield curve control, like the Bank of Japan and the quantitative easing that the Fed has engaged in. Yes, and and here was Narn Fan's answer, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it verbatim. Yield curve control is pinning a rate at a maturity, no matter what. It's more Soviet than guessing at bond buying separate from what from that which is what QE is. That is my extremely amateur opinion. Hashtag K, KBRS. Thank you, Narn Fan. That's actually a pretty good answer. I probably wouldn't have used the word Soviet, but. In short, and this is sort of, again, I mean, I did the elasticity lesson in the last hour, so let's hear right at the beginning of this hour, give you a short, short and quick economics lesson. It, and this is a lesson I've always attributed to Dwight Lee, but I've heard it said on, uh, on the cable shows by Art Laffer. Uh, Dwight Lee, great economist uh, uh, at uh, University of Virginia, George Mason. I've had the pleasure of being on panels with uh, Dwight, and uh, I just think the world of the guy. And by the way, secretly, I mean, I don't know why it's a secret, but maybe one of the sharpest thinkers about the economics of the defense industry and of of national defense that I have ever heard speak on the topic. Um, uh, Anyway... um, so I always attribute this more to Dwight than to uh, Laffer, but uh, I, I know I've heard Laffer say this too. In any market, if, you just, if government decides it wants a place to control, it can control one or the other. It can, it can either control it can either control the price or it can control the quantity. If it controls the quantity, it then allows the price to be whatever it wants. If it controls the price, then it has to allow the quantity to be whatever it wants. So this is often my argument about exchange rates. And see, they'll say, well, we should have a fixed exchange rate, or we should, have a fix, we should fix the value of the dollar to the price of gold, right? And it's like, yes, but that means then that the central bank has no control over the quantity of money it produces. It produces or destroys as much money as necessary to maintain that price. When the Fed says it's going to have a Fed funds rate at such and such a percent, that means that the government is going to either create or destroy reserves, uh, and I won't, t- I won't give you the story how they do that, um, destroy, create or destroy reserves, um, whatever it takes to get that interest rate at that level. Um, it obviously pays attention to other things. It pays attention to its ultimate goals. But when it says, this is how I'm going to operate monetary policy, it says, you will know I'm doing the policy I intend as long as this rate, the rate at which reserves trade between banks at the Federal Reserve, are being traded at an interest rate in this range. So now let me turn to QE. Quantitative easing says, I am going to buy or sell a fixed quantity of bonds in the marketplace. 
regardless of whatever the price is. So the Fed is not trying to control the interest rate, the 10-year Treasury bond, to a particular rate. It is simply saying, we're going to buy or sell so many of these bonds at longer maturities, and the interest rate will be what it will be. The Bank of Japan, to answer Ken's question, the Bank of Japan says, no, we're going to say that the 10-year JGB, Japanese government bond, the 10-year JGB is going to be 0.75% or whatever number they decide they want to set it at. And we'll buy or sell however many government bonds we need to to make that happen. Now, what's interesting about that is the Bank of Japan is now the majority holder. I don't mean just has more than anybody else. It holds more than 50% of government debt in its effort to control the yield curve. I don't think we should have ever contemplated, as we did back in 2020, we should not have contemplated yield curve control of the United States. But we did. And I, I shudder to think what inflation would look like today had we chosen to do that. I'm no fan of QE, but but it does in some sense to me limit the damage because it at least uses some, it allows some market signal on the long end of the bond market. Even though the Fed is intervening, we know what the intervention is. We know how much is being bought and sold. We know how much is being added to the to the economy, we know how it's being subtracted from the economy by by maturing bonds, and we know the debt issuance, and therefore we can we get something like market signal on the price. I infinitely prefer, in the case of the Fed, I in the case of monetary policy, I prefer quantitative easing to to yield curve control by quite a bit, by quite a bit. But anyway, great question and good answer, Narn fan. Uh, good job. Um, I like that. Uh, still answering questions, and we'll get back. We'll get back to clips in a moment. Uh, Don asks, "What's the difference in magnitude between fiscal and monetary effects? Maybe the discussion should be fiscal behavior, not monetary, to have the most desired effect on inflation." <clears throat> this is a great question. The answer is the three most powerful words in economics. I don't know. I don't know what the impact is. I'm going to give you just one interesting example that ties to the one we just did. We are now having the balance sheet run off. We're engaging in quantitative tightening. And and there are people trying to estimate what quantitative tightening would do in terms of what's the what's the real impact of that relative to what happens when we raise the Fed funds rate. And so they've been trying to they've been trying to get a metric that says if i reduce the balance sheet by one trillion dollars what's that impact on what's that what's the equivalent impact on the economy in terms of an increase in the fed funds rate because quantitative tightening is like raising a fed funds rate but how much what's the trade-off well the trade-off there as we as as was estimated by one set of researchers uh, came in, and I think these were at the San Francisco Fed, um, I just was reading this, is that the decrease that the Fed is talking about by getting back to a number like $7 trillion from $9 trillion 
would be the equivalent to raising the Fed funds rate by 0.29%. So it's like one rate hike, one, uh, so a little more than a quarter point. Yet, um, another group saying, well, yeah, but you used a bunch of data from the past that doesn't look like what we're doing right now. Um, uh, then on the other hand, on the other hand, if I just use some more narrow data, a different set of data, said some other Fed uh, researchers at a different bank, I think this one was Kansas City, and I'm doing these from memory because I didn't plan to talk about this today, um, they were at more like 75 basis points. So almost three times the difference. Now, here's what we've always thought, Don, about these changes. We believe the Fed, that Federal Reserve policies act with long and variable lags. Fiscal policy, we believe, has a different type of lag, which is you have to get it past Congress. And particularly in a 50-50 Senate, you know, we're all living in the world that uh, that Senator Manchin decides we get to live in. Um at at because he's the I mean he is the mar the vote at the margin right he's the fifth someone says he's the fiftieth vote it's like no 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 uh, Vice President Harris is the fifty first vote and she's not she's not on the margin we know how she's going to vote the swing vote is 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 Senator Manchin and so and so that's what we watch um um so. You are looking at you are looking at the fact that you can't get it out there. But once you get it out there, the impact is fairly quickly. Take take for example what happened when we passed the CARES Act and then the American Recovery Plan in 2020 and then in 2021. Those impacts went almost immediately, and they are in some sense more measurable than monetary policy through something that we call that that is discredited in some circles, multiplier analysis, and can be subject to the same criticism as as monetary policy. And it's not clear to me the multiplier is the same for any kind of economy because that sort of assumes you've got like this very linear supply and demand curve. Well, what happens if they are curved? What happens if they're kinked? What if they have some discontinuities in them? Um, we don't really, we don't really know that. Um, one more reply on Twitter because Narnfan just responded to what I was saying before, saying yield curve control has a lot more negative PR. It does, it does, and I think it's because, because, and I always go back to to this phrase that I heard uh, uh, Professor Barry Eichengreen from um, from uh, uh, Berkeley give uh, at one time. We're talking about exchange rates. They're either a they're either a price or a promise. What we do in the United States is we allow the the interest rate on 10-year bonds to be a price and then we look at the price and go, eh, well, we don't like it. We're going to we're going to we're going to add a little reserve. We're going to buy some of those bonds. We're going to sell some of those bonds because we don't like that particular price. But in the with the Bank of Japan, it's a promise. Right? We promise you that the 10-year treasury, the 10-year JGB will pay X percent, just as we promise you that you can exchange a dollar for thirty-five dollars for an ounce of gold. That's a promise. 
That's not an exchange rate. The exchange rate's not a price under a gold standard or under a fixed exchange rate standard. But that's not the world we live in. And frankly, yeah, you say it's uh, negative PR. I would say uh, any good Friedmanite prefers prices to promises when it comes to monetary policy. And I'll leave it there. I'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65+, Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings, very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 855-PSALM-32. That's 855-PSALM-32. 855-PSALM-32. Summertime! Now that I've got your attention, let me tell you all about us. Whoa, tough crowd. Anybody out there? Hello? Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world? Anyone? Too often, digital campaigns fail because it's being handled by someone inexperienced. It's time for Salem Surround because our specialists break through all the clutter and put your message and your business front and center. Our team is the best of the best with years of experience and superior ideas and innovations. Salem Surround is obsessed with your success. No cookie cutter treatments here. Everything is tailored to you, your company, and your message. With Salem Surround, you get it all. From up-to-the-minute analytic reports and insight to managing every aspect of your digital and marketing needs. So let's turn up the volume on your business. Get started with Salem Surround today. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack barbecue. Pick it up or take it out. RackShackToGo.com or RackShackDelivery.com. It's so easy. Hey, you've been working hard. Half the staff is gone and your crew needs a lift. Go to RackShackToGo.com for pickup or RackShackDelivery.com and we'll bring it out to you. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that RackShack attack. RackShack barbecue. Equipping your college student to apply God's Word to everyday life and share Christ's good news is priceless. Ambassador College Revival and Ministry is part of the half-off tuition program. For more info, go to ambassadorcollege.education. That's ambassadorcollege.education. Ah. 
Mark down the date on July 16th. Keb Mo gained a fan. Awesome. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Love the conversation on uh, on Twitter. You know, if you're not following us, you should. Pound KBRS. Pound KBRS is that is that piece. So I want to, and I just want to warn you, uh, I think next week I'm going to have to get away from this topic because what's happening with crypto right now, I mean, it's absolutely fascinating. I think it's, un- there's so many bombs bursting in air, if you'll forgive the 4th of July reference, uh, um, that I think what's happening with uh, Celsius Network, uh, the latest, but there are a number of pieces. I think I'm going to go back and uh, get my uh, my fellow I had on last time. Uh, we talked about this, uh, Chase Larson uh, from the St. Cloud Federal Credit Union, uh, to come back and talk some more about uh, about that. If, if he's available next week, he may be on vacation. A lot of people on vacation at this time. I got other I got other guests lined up uh, that I'm that I'm hoping to have on here over the next few weeks. But it's summertime, uh, and I know we all want to talk about the Fed. I love and I do love I I do love uh, doing this stuff, and we'll do this for the rest of the show today. But I think I think I'm actually going to say we're going to take a time out from the Fed for a week uh, to go talk about some other things that are kind of interesting. I told you I was going to play some some work, okay? So the Federal Reserve, you will hear not a peep from any member of the Fed of the FOMC next week because they've now entered their, their the silent period. Uh, so they were out talking quite a bit uh, this past week, and I want to play a few cuts for you. Uh, one, up in Idaho, this is uh, Governor Christopher Waller, um, who was, in essence, really has been talking a lot about about how he thinks the economy is not as weak as we think it is, and yet being cautious about whether the markets really would warrant and whether the market warrants us going to a 100 basis point increase in the Fed funds rate at the end of July. Let's hear this in two parts. This is cut number one. Inflation so high, there's a virtue in front-loading tightening so that policy moves as soon as practical to a setting that starts restricting demand. Getting there sooner will bolster the public's confidence that we can get inflation down, and it will preserve options for adjusting the pace of tightening later if needed. So with this view, it should not be surprising that looking forward to the FOMC's next meeting on July 26th and 27th, and with yesterday's CPI data in hand, I fully support another 75 basis point increase. So that's a pretty, and, and I mean, talk about hitting it with a sledgehammer. Um, they are, uh, uh, they are being very, very clear about this. And you'll remember, right? We last time around. The Fed meeting was a mere four days, you know, five days after the, 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 the CPI report for May, which in, back in uh, mid-June. So now they've got a couple of weeks, and so they're trying to be very clear. Okay, I saw the CPI report yesterday. Yep, that tells me that 75 is appropriate. But at the time he's speaking... Fed funds futures markets on Chicago Merck are indicating that a lot of people are betting that they might even go to 100 basis points. 
And it's almost as if Waller was talking directly to them in this next cut, cut number two. However, my base case for July depends on incoming data. We have important data releases on retail sales and housing and inflation expectations coming in before the next meeting. If that data come in materially stronger than expected, it would make me lean towards a larger hike at the July meeting to the extent that that data shows demand is not slowing down fast enough to get inflation back. And if you look at the retail sales data, right? The retail sales data was up, right? Everyone says 1.0, it was up 1.0% before adjusting for inflation. You don't get an inflation adjustment with that data, but if you sort of try to figure out using CPI what that number might be, then then you would say that see, that real retail sales actually fell three-tenths of a percent in the month. If you look at the if you look at uh, if you look at the uh, uh, other, let me go back and find uh, other data too. Um, you know, you, you had a three-tenths downward revision in the May number. Uh, it was zero. Now it's a minus point three. If you take those together, there's no support for 100 basis points from that. He talked about the inflation expectations. Um, the New York Fed's consumer expectations for inflation over the three-year period fell to 3.6 from 3.9%. That was reported out on Friday. Um, the one-year inflation actually went up to 6.8% versus 6.6%. And so, so on a short-term basis, it looked worse. But on a long-term basis, it looked better. I don't think there's really any way you're going to be able to say um, that they're going to go past 75 basis points based on the data we have as of this morning on July 16th. Now, let me let me uh, come back with that with uh, Jim Bullard, the president of the St. Louis Fed. Remember, Waller and Bullard worked together, and for a while... Waller was the head of the, res- of, the, of the economist staff, the research staff at the St. Louis Fed where Bullard was president. And Bullard came out of that staff. So they were at one time colleagues working in the same office. And so I kind of think of them as, as sharing. A, I would be surprised if they have a different worldview. And I didn't hear it in this comment either. Cut number six. It just doesn't seem like the U.S. economy has been in recession for the last two quarters. And, and certainly anecdotal information that I get uh, from the 8th District and from around the country uh, just does not suggest uh, anything like uh, a recession. If there, if there are limits to production, it's because of supply constraints, not, not because of um, any lack of demand. Yeah, and... And I think that's right. And that gets back to this point that we were making in the last hour, uh, listening to Bill Smead, um, saying that, look, demand is still out there. I, I, I take the comments of, of people from Wall Street with a grain of salt. Uh, when it comes to this David Kelly from, fellow from J.P. Morgan, uh, I, I unscrew the cap and pour the entire shaker full of salt in. Uh, because I think there are comments being made from Wall Street that are about protecting the portfolios that they manage. 
But if I look at Main Street, if I look at the people who are out there, what do I see? I see people making comments. Um, I I see people making comments. Uh, uh, just I, I'm just going to encourage you to uh, read uh, in our Twitter feed, looking at uh, looking at the, co- the the conversation between two of our listeners, Narn Fan and, uh, and 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 Ken Snowden, who are or Snowden Ken. Uh, who is uh, who are talking about the financial repression that that has happened over the last few years? That has meant, I mean, my parents before they passed away were struggling to figure out how to make ends meet because they had been told they needed to keep their money safe in CDs, and their CDs all of a sudden were paying only one percent and it wasn't generating enough income for them to live on on what they have. A lot of people went through that. Right over the over that period. Now, when we see interest rates begin to rise, everyone, you know, the question is, what's going to happen at the banks? Are they going to actually begin to pay interest rates? But will those rates actually match the level of inflation that's out there? People are pretty upset. So that Narnfan writes something, and I'm just going to read a couple sentences of this: monetary policy changes the whole country into lab rats. I think it's preposterous that they push things around that much. Well, you know, but they are. And and my point is not that they shouldn't do that. My point is, but they've always done this. Even before there was a Federal Reserve, there were folks, you know, there were folks out there that were making those decisions about how, you know, how much money should be produced. You had the, you know... The panic of 1907, pre-Fed, which was solved really by a bunch of bankers sitting in sitting in in a, in a living or a dining area, really, in in a house in Manhattan, and deciding we need to put money in and support each other so that we bring this banking panic to an end. Uh, go and read about the Second Bank of the United States. There's lots of good books in both uh, both in sort of dry history form and there's some rather exciting books about that as well that are worth worth uh, uh that are that are worth your time in reading i think i think that that is um that is pretty important but it's also important to recognize that we're we are beginning to become more sophisticated in understanding what's gone wrong and even the people who you wouldn't expect to be critical of this because they're part of that establishment are now coming out and being very critical of that. We'll play more cuts after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. 
Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-260-1792. 800-260-1792. That's 800-260-1792. Giving your computer problems the boot. Hi, this is Randy with Arby's Computer Service. You have heard me advertise on this and other stations for years and have trusted us for your IT needs, and I thank you for that. We now have an immediate need for a network server tech in our organization. If you or someone you know has a year or more business experience supporting these environments and is looking to work for a company like ours, I would like to speak with you. We are very competitive with other large companies for pay and benefits, including health and retirement planning. But because we are smaller, our environment is friendly and more flexible than some of the larger IT companies. You can do your job and it can actually be fun doing so working for us. Call me today to determine if you have the requirements for the position so that we can move forward and you can become part of our team. We can be reached at 763-441-3884 or you can email me randy at rbsmn.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Welcome back, King Bing Show, the Biz 1440. Great conversation here. By the way, just reminds me, you know, another thing I'd love to talk to, and I might be able to find us a guest for this. What on earth is going on in Sri Lanka? Because inflation there is now at 112% on an annual basis. Um, and uh, the, that's a country that has been ruined <laughs> by some really strange policies. That might be worth, that might be worth finding a guest for. Um, I have somebody in mind. I have a, a, a f- colleague who's an economist from Sri Lanka. He might be willing to come on the air. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Uh, anyone, anyway, 651-289-4477. Then recall the questions and comments here in the King Banyan Show. Let me play one more uh, uh, Federal Reserve president. This is Loretta Mester. She's the president of the Cleveland Fed. She's been out speaking as well in advance of the blackout period. They, as I mentioned, Federal Reserve governors and presidents all go dark for the for the next 10 days, which at least allows me to spend time working and thinking about something else, because every time one of them goes out, I read the speech to see what they're saying right now. Uh, and you're right. It's kind of, you know, when Narn Fan says, 
are we all lab? You know, you've turned the country into a bunch of lab rats. It's like, yeah, I kind of feel that sometimes. Not sure if I'm a lab rat, but I feel like I'm a hamster on a wheel. Um, so anyway, let's let's listen to what she has to say as well, and let's play this cut number seven. I have not seen any convincing evidence that inflation has turned the corner, right? We haven't seen anything that in that new CPI report that suggests inflation is turning that. Right. So there's nothing there. It's things are still going badly. And so that means we really better we better stay. Um, we better uh, stay the course. Right. Right. Uh, President Mester, cut number eight. If, you know, we're moving toward a two and a half percent, what with the long run neutral rate is, my own belief is that we're going to need to go beyond that and well mm-hmm. beyond that because, right, inflation and inflation expectations are higher okay. than two percent now. Right. So she's saying we got to go past two and a half percent. All right. Now we've got people saying we might even go as high as maybe. Uh, I've heard uh, I, I read a story in which uh, uh, President Bullard, who we played in the previous segment, is quoted as saying that he's now believing that we need to go something closer to four percent, three and a half to four percent, which is, again, the thing that's causing pe- people on the street to get really, really uncomfortable. Uh, let's play. This is one more cut. Uh, Loretta Mester, president of the Cleveland Federal Reserve uh, on uh, yesterday. Cut number nine. Well, certainly the inflation report suggests that there's no reason to say that a smaller rate increase than we did last time, right? Because nothing moved in that direction. There are very, very early signs in some of the reports um, of an easing of demand. But again, not enough that you actually saw price pressures being alleviated. Right. And and, and as uh, I've got to go find this comment uh what what was uh, Don said something that, that I thought was interesting. The rate of inflation will not slow until the net inflation accelerator sign changes from positive to negative. What Mister uh, What uh, Mister uh, What Mister uh, 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 or Ms. Mester is saying uh, is that you just really got to stop this. Uh, you've really got to bring this back toward. Uh, you've you've got to have you've got to have this start to come back down. So. What do we what do we think about this? I thought there were two cuts this week that kind of encapsulated, and I described this as I was sending this off to to Daniel to produce uh, uh, um, this morning before they came to uh, came to uh, um, came to it. I said this, which is a little bit long, but this is Larry Summers. If you say King, so tell me what you really think. It's like I could outsource this next minute to Larry Summers, uh, and he was on he was on uh, uh, with uh, Tom Keene at Bloomberg uh, last night on uh, on Wall Street Week, and I thought this was about as good a summary as I could come up with. Um, uh, let's play this cut number eleven. I don't think so. Uh, I think we are asking for our central banks to analyze the economy accurately. We are asking our central banks to keep in mind their primary mandate of price stability. And frankly, I think in 2021, our central bank lost its way. It was talking about the environment. It was talking about social justice in a range of things. 
It was mm -hmm. confidently dismissing concerns about inflation as uh, transitory, and it made mistakes in the core functioning of right. a central bank, including leaning into highly expansive fiscal policies rather than accommodating them as our central bank uh, did. So I don't think we were I think, don't think we were asking too much of our central bank. But I think in 2021, our central bank let us down uh, quite badly. And I I couldn't agree more with with a statement. The question that Tom Keene asked was, are we asking our central bank to do too much? Um, and it's sort of my response to the question of whether or not we're lab rats. We think to ourselves that, that someone else is in charge, someone is in charge. We do not trust, and I don't mean, I don't mean Narnfan and, and, and John and Ken and, and other listeners, Matt and other listeners per se. Um, we in a general sense. When prices change, we tend to think that there's something animating that change. And it's a failure in my mind to understand how markets work that causes that. Um, if you go back and read uh, sort of the, the what, what I think of as the sort of the fundamentals of, uh, uh, fundamentals of economics, uh, going all the way back to, say, uh, Adam Smith, um, Frederick Bastiat, um, uh, uh, Leonard Reed uh, from the Foundation for Economic Education back in the 40s, Hayek, um, Tom Sowell, um, um, and some more modern practitioners, of which I would include uh, uh, John Cochran, I, and I would not have accounted Larry Summers in here because Larry Summers still believes that if you put the right people in charge, you'll get good e economic policy. But this is the question I have for people when I when I'm asked the when I'm asked about what why are prices going up, and I say, well, it's because you're willing to pay more. That's why I love the Bill Smead comment about the fact that. Baby boomers, or excuse me, millennials who are now at the age where they're engaged in family formation are probably not very price sensitive. And it's the, it's what we're talking about is if one person or one group of people like a President Mester or Bullard or a Governor Waller or Chair Powell can change all these things. No, the economy is the result of millions upon millions of individuals engaged in billions and billions of human actions that generate a result of prices that we see. And for us to sort of look then and say, well, I don't like that price, and government, you ought to do something about it, makes you the problem. You're encouraging them to do this. When you say, I don't like a price, the price is just telling you the result of those millions of actions. Now, no price is ever perfect. Government is embedded in each price that we observe. From this absolutely insane thing going on with baby formula, we know that those high prices are the result of the fact that we've regulated the baby formula market to pr provide what appears to me to be a duopoly 
um, that provides formula to the market that worked fine as long as there wasn't enough demand because people weren't having kids as much. Well, hey, guess what? If baby, if millennials are now buying houses and buying cars and 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 doing other things, they're probably also having more babies. And the likelihood that the baby formula market will break down again increases. Will we be smart enough to sort of say we like free markets and we want the free market to provide us with baby formula? Or will we tell the government you should require those those two companies to produce more formula? And you should make sure that any formula we import from Europe comes through. My God, you realize they're using military planes to fly us baby formula from Europe? The Biden administration has now sent 15 planes to buy that stuff. Why? Because they don't trust the market to do it themselves. Just say, y'all come. You send baby formula. All we require you to do is put a sticker on it that says this was not inspected by the U.S. government. And then trust those millennials to make the decision. Do I want to put that in my child? And if you choose to pay more, if you choose to leave that stuff on the shelf, guess what? The price will go down enough to either clear the market because there will be a premium on U.S. produced baby formula. Or people will say, you know what? I don't know the government does a better job. I'm just going to buy whatever is on the shelf and I'll I'll pay the price. We don't trust the price system to allocate goods and services. That's at the base of all this. Yeah, does the Fed treat us like lab rats, Narnfan? You're damn skippy. They do. Guess what? We often, in our own actions, ask to be treated that way because we don't trust the price system to bring the goods and services we want. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Is 1440 KYCR Golden Valley. We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They re- ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable. Friendly, there were no hidden costs in their quotes, and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only do they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business, and just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely, we're thinking about having our windows replaced, and we will be calling JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. Yeah, Invergrove Hyundai, they have an amazing service staff. Incredible. Hey, I'm Javon from Megan. All in all, um, the entire staff is so friendly. I mean, you have young people to even elders. They really are like, like good people. They have really, really good hearts. So Tyler is someone that I would highly recommend. Uh, but he'll, he'll remember your name, too. <laughs> I have a Hyundai Sonata 2020. 
services that I've gotten on there is uh, oil changes. We had to switch out the chip maybe once, and I, I probably had a, like a, a check engine light, and I wanted to get it checked on, but they never give me a hassle. They're just like, hey, come in. One thing I love the most about Invergrove Hyundai is any place you go, that if they remember you, then you're significant to them. Even if you don't think you are, they'll make you feel like it, and you'll feel right at home. Invergrove Hyundai service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment online at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com. Have you lost your gun rights due to an old criminal offense? Have you been denied a permit to carry or a purchase of a firearm? I'm attorney Kelly Keegan, and I can help. Schedule a free consultation at KeeganLawOffice.com. That's K-E-E-G-A-N LawOffice.com. Some of your favorite pastors and authors are bringing you their most popular devotionals free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend focused time in God's Word. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox with devotionals for parenting, singles, women, and more. Crosswalk.com provides spiritual growth for every stage of life. Crosswalk.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Time where I would have chosen this to be my lead-in music for every show, every hour. I still consider it one of the top top pieces of music ever. Um, I just, uh, it's just it's terrific. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know if that was inspired by comments about lab rats, which will have to be the title of uh, this this hour. Um, <laughs> but just, I think that that's it, Daniel. We'll just call, we'll just label it lab rats, and not and, and if you didn't listen to the show, you'll be like, what? What's that title? So that that that'll be awesome. That's how you draw uh, in <laughs> listeners, right there. Yeah. What was that about? What was that about? I don't know. All right. I mean, I I guess, um, and and now I'm having to Google. Uh, cow guy trader um on on you know um on on the internet uh we'll we'll just see how that works anyway uh justice and i didn't even get around to this piece i was trying to that i was going to talk about so i maybe i'll defer this one to next week was to talk about if you want to talk about where the lab rat idea comes from i actually think it starts with it, I, to me, it dates back to our adoption of using Phillips curve analysis to try to decide how much monetary and fiscal policy there is. That's why, Don, when you asked me to sort of measure what's more effective fiscal policy or monetary policy, it's like I don't want to really I don't really want to come up with a great answer to that question because it'll just encourage uh, government to engage in whichever one you think is more effective. And I just don't want to go there um, because I don't think any of that. I don't think any of that ends up very well for our economy. So um, that's, uh, but but uh, this this piece, which is very interesting, I think the one point to remember, and the only thing I maybe I will talk about this just in just in this little bit to this to this extent. I don't think I want to do a longer 
uh, disquisition on uh, on uh, Phillips' curse. But just to say, I think there's a point where inflation becomes self-sustaining, and I think we're getting closer to that. So the other person besides Larry Summers, who has been probably more right for longer than most folks, has been Muhammad El-Aryan. Um, and um, this was actually on a podcast that I haven't actually started to listen to yet. I just downloaded it last night because I had heard Dan Senor, the, the host of the show, the Call Me Back uh, podcast, talk about it on Wednesday on commenta- on the Commentary podcast, which I had listened to. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I should listen to that. So I downloaded it and I played the first 45 seconds of it. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's really, really good. So Larry Summers, very close to my view. El Arian, close with this. Cut number 12. About a year ago, it became clear to some of us that it was foolish of the Federal Reserve to dismiss inflation as transitory, that there was too much evidence coming, particularly from companies, that this inflationary process was starting to get entrenched. Had the Fed at that point kept an open mind rather than repeat over and over the mantra that inflation was transitory, something that it maintained all the way till the last day of November, it could have started to soft land the economy. And by soft land, economists means that you don't sacrifice much growth, but you're able to contain inflation. So in the theme of the of, of the lab rat, <laughs> let me let me again say Rather than getting caught in a boom-bust cycle, instead of creating these cycles, I would rather, I would rather the Federal Reserve had simply not done any of this, had not engaged in massive quantitative easing and, 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 you know, and, and support for the CARES Act back in 2020. I would have rather, and I mean that, I think I think economies that I think the economies of Europe actually chose less fiscal expansion and therefore did less monetary expansion than the United States did. I think they're now caught in the fact that while in the United States everyone was sort of pointing at the US and going, Haha, look at this, they got inflation now, we don't. Um, I think I think Europe has all of a sudden woken up to, whoa, wait, we do too. Because while their fiscal policy didn't change too terribly much, not as much as we did during the during the COVID panic in, in 2020, they certainly did lockdowns. They more perhaps than we did in many in many countries in the EU more than we did. Um, they engaged in monetary expansion, even though they didn't do as much in the way of fiscal expansion, and now they are stuck. And if you don't like being treated by as a lab rat from Washington, D.C., how does your average Italian feel about being treated by a lab rat from Brussels and Frankfurt and Paris? Well, you'll note uh, over the last 72 hours, the government of Italy has collapsed, run by a technocrat, run by a guy that likes messing around with lab rats. 
um, in, in Mario Draghi, Mr. Whatever It Takes, um, and they are so stuck that they're trying to beg the president there has told the prime minister, <laughs> well, yeah, you can resign, but I'm not letting you resign. We need you to come back and try again next week. Because if they don't do that, they they really are stuck. So I think, in fact, that's our plan for next week. We're going to actually... We're actually going to talk about crypto for an hour, and we're going to take an hour, and we're going to talk about events in the rest of the world. Italy was going to get really, really interesting, I think, in the next seven days, and you should be paying attention to that as well uh, in, in, in doing that. But as much as I like Summers and Ilarian, understand, they believe that they, you just needed better fiscal policy. And I would say... What you need is a different fiscal policy that leans on the levers a lot less than it does now and allows for price discovery, which markets have not done at all. Price discovery is done by the rats. Daniel, thanks so much for helping us out today and for your great production work. Uh, Hope you enjoy that, Kebmo. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another uh, edition of the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. It's no secret, America. We've been let down. Inflation is taking its toll in the grocery stores, the products we buy, and the pain of every visit to the gas pump. At Upside, we're fighting back with our free app that pays you back serious money on every tank of gas or diesel, up to 25 cents per gallon, just for using the Upside app, no strings attached. Upside users have already been paid back a total of more than $250 million. With inflation and the soaring price of gas, it's easy to feel like you're losing control. But with Upside's free app, you can start putting money back in your wallet with every gallon. Whenever you want, cash out with PayPal, an e-gift card, or transfer the money directly into your bank account. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code SALEM for an additional 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first fill-up. That's promo code S-A-L-E-M. Remember, use promo code SALEM when you download the free Upside app and get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank of gas. Cash back is not available in gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trust Pilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-942-1451 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-942-1451 for your free quote. That's 800-942-1451. Summertime! Now that I've got your attention, let me tell you all about us. Whoa, tough crowd. Anybody out there? Hello? Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world? 
Anyone? Too often, digital campaigns fail because it's being handled by someone inexperienced. It's time for Salem Surround because our specialists break through all the clutter and put your message and your business front and center. Our team is the best of the best with years of experience and superior ideas and innovations. Salem Surround is obsessed with your success. No cookie cutter treatments here. Everything is tailored to you, your company, and your message. With Salem Surround, you get it all. From up-to-the-minute analytic reports and insight to managing every aspect of your digital and marketing needs. So let's turn up the volume on your business. Get started with Salem Surround today. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers.